Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Star Trek Beyond, directed by Justin Lin and released in 2016. The plot of Star Trek Beyond goes something like this. Partway through his five-year mission, the crew of the USS Enterprise attempt to help a distressed alien. And um, before we get started, I would, uh, will, as usual, sound the spoiler warning on this movie. It's still at the cinemas, and if you haven't seen it, we're going to talk spoilers in this episode. Yes, we are. We're going to talk lots of spoilers in this episode because um, how they – I mean, you'll have seen a bit of how of what happens in the movie from the trailers, but how they get there is actually a bit of a surprise, so it's worth holding out and going to see the movie and then coming back and listening to this episode. Definitely. Um. I really like this. I had I, I know was you did. extremely impressed, uh, especially after the last one, which I didn't love so much and was our first episode of the podcast and you love love loved it and I was yeah. like, eh. and uh, you know and I think we're reversed for this one. I am wrong probably in all of these opinions. I liked this movie, but I didn't love it. And I as you know love the first the Star Trek 2009 movie, the first mm. in the Kelvin timeline or whatever we're calling it now. I, I don't just like that movie. I've watched that movie hundreds of times. Mm. I watched it today before we went to see the other one. Did you rewatch the second one as well? No, I haven't seen it since it first came out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I still don't know if it's any good on a second viewing, but I feel like this is much closer to the TV show in its pacing and in its storytelling. And I just, I mean, it's a good movie. I just didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, definitely. As see, Since I've seen, saw the 2009 Star Trek, which I also have seen dozens of times, really love, put on when I need a comfort movie. I've watched back through a lot of the TV series now, uh, all the way up to Voyager, although I've skipped Deep Space Nine just because I couldn't get into it. But um, Yeah, I had that problem too, and yet a lot of people really love Deep Space yeah, Nine. Yeah, a lot of people do, but I just, I, I couldn't, but I've enjoyed the TV series, and I yeah, whereas really I have enjoyed seen this. a lot of the TV show. I've seen... Um, at least one season plus bits and pieces of the original series. I've watched most of Voyager and almost all of Next Gen. And I just, I've never really liked Star Trek. It just doesn't, it's, a, I feel the same thing about Stargate too. Um, it's I just, also love Stargate. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's not yeah. that I think they're bad. They're just not for me. Like yeah. I don't connect with those shows very much. Yeah. But to the movie at hand, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I like, um, I like that we start sort of in the middle of – we're now three years into the five-year mission. I, I like that we um, we, we actually call back to the Star Trek, the motion picture, the first movie with um, pulling into the base at Yorktown. And, yes, yes, there <laughs> will be Hamilton references. Every time they said it, I was like, 17, 17. <laughs> like the, in yeah. my head, just going through Battle of Yorktown. Um, yes. Get they, the bullets out your guns, all that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. That – I. I think Yorktown is referenced in one of the earlier movies. Um, I don't a, the USS Yorktown at some point it gets a reference, um, and I I think like it actually is a reference to American history. Yes, um, but for me, I it's Hamilton. That. Hamilton. Um, well, you never know. Uh, Simon Pegg could have been listening to a lot of Hamilton and stuck that in there. <laughs> but, it's entirely possible. Um, but also, yeah. like I feel like somebody watched Galaxy Quest before they wrote this movie. Oh, there yeah. were a couple of beats that I was like, "Oh, that happens in Galaxy Quest." Um, um, actually, this is. I actually had a couple of bits in this movie where I looked at it and I thought, I've seen that somewhere else. Mm -hmm. A couple of shots, like there's a shot of the Enterprise taking off, which is amazing, where the camera basically w looks down the barrel of the um, of the warp core. No, not the of the um, 
impulse engine and they and it takes off and the camera like takes off really fast with it. I feel like I've seen that shot elsewhere. Mm. I'm possibly I, I'm thinking 2001: A Space Odyssey. The Yorktown reminds me a little bit of uh, one of the bases we see in, in 2001 as well. Um, uh, also, um, Elysium and uh, that that movie, The The Martian. Yeah, has a bit of that too. Yep, The Martian has. It, it, that's a very. I think that's just a very popular mm. um, sci-fi concept at the yeah. moment to have those looping around, you know, bits. But also in the original Star Trek movie in two thousand nine, Vulcan had um, like these curved mountains that had buildings hanging mm-hmm. off the top of it as well. Yes, it did. So uh, that that's there as well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I actually, I think I liked the stuff on the space station almost more than some of the other stuff in the movie but i just think for me i think jj abrams is a whatever else you might think of him is a pacing genius he has this ability to make a movie that like like is like a shotgun out of the gate you know it's like bam straight out everything is going fast Mm. and it never slows down and when i first saw the first this 2009 movie i was like i must see that again as soon as it finished yeah because i was like it just went so fast i have to see it again for me it's just so like it's it's kind of genius the action movie pacing and i felt the same thing when i watched the the star wars movie that came out the end of last year it's something to do with his like he's just really good at editing and pacing and making a movie not feel like you're sitting there watching a movie, just feel like you're in there with the action and it just goes and goes and goes and goes and then it's the end of the movie mm. um, that I love. I love that. And I frequently in this movie got bored. <laughs> yeah, I did did have to do have to admit to looking at the watch a couple of times. Uh, but I it did some things that I really enjoy that them doing on the TV series. Something that they got better at in the second film and they really improved on in this film is the relationships between the leads, particularly the role of bone the bone spock. Kirk thing, um, which I, I think what happened was, I mean, the first one establishes that, you know, like that. Yeah, it, it's but, not, but it doesn't establish it the way the show does because no, you get because a lot more time different. with them. But so, yeah, but now by this point, we actually have the relationships yeah. established, and we get a bit of time to breathe with those relationships. But all like yeah, there are plenty of time to breathe. Uh, they do something really cool in that they get them off, get them off the Enterprise for basically most of the movie. They're not on the Enterprise at all. And that's, I think that's where you should be at this point because you, the first one, you know, you get it, you get it set up, you get an idea of what it's like to be on a ship and with the crew. The second one, you have a mission based around the ship and it's all in you, you've understood the relationships and so you just kind of delve into a mission. And then you actually, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? You got to get, to get them off the ship. And so yeah. they get them on base and they get them on this planet and they're all split up as well. I actually really enjoyed the bits where we had Scotty and, Whiteface with black painting. Jayla. J A Y L A H. Yeah. 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 So I liked those two together. I liked that um, Bones and Spock were together, and I liked that Kirk and Chekhov were together. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think that was cool. I don't. I feel like this movie is trying to avoid kind of the the sexism that the new Star Trek movies have gotten themselves into, and just kind of dug itself a deeper hole. Because Uhura gets kidnapped, and somebody has to be there with the um, Idris Elba bad guy, Kral, for the movie to know what's happening. Yeah. But why did it have to be Uhura? So I actually have a bigger sexism problem in the fact that two women suffered I was gonna cover really that next. awful deaths. Yep. One, um, the woman who betrays them or who was the always – The women are inherently trustworthy yeah, woman. Yeah, untrustworthy. Sorry. She gets crushed by the Enterprise in a shot that probably wasn't an issue when it was being shot, but the fact that – we have Chekhov running out and not getting crushed by that ship. That is horrifying in light of what happened to Anton Yelchin. Um, I didn't 
it didn't even occur I was, to me. I was like, <laughs> so I and I was the one who was like freaking out about Anton Yelchin before I, I, we saw this I, movie. I wasn't too. freaking out about Anton Yelchin before I saw this movie. I was teared up by the end of it. Oh yeah, I was like, too. I actually crying at the end of it. And the person sitting next to me tried to talk to me, and I was like, probably a little bit rude. Sorry, Ant, because I was just like, I was not really ready to talk to people because that was it was too a bit much. Um, but that woman dies in a really horrible way. Um, so that was awful. And then another woman gets like trapped in a room and eaten by bugs. And both of them, by the way, are punished. Both of those are punishments for what yes. they had done previously. Mm-hmm. It's I don't think she's eaten by bugs though. I don't think that. I don't that know. Bio, well, it's like it's, oily stuff. I uh, yeah, I thought it was little like nanites, but. Perhaps I'm wrong. Yeah, she's punished for – she is doing something for, for the captain. She's hiding um, a thing in her hair, in her head. Um, she's <laughs> hiding a, a weapon in her – Claw her. hair. Anyway, she's, she's doing a mission for the captain. She's hiding something for him and she gets caught at that and she's punished for it by – She doesn't get caught. She hands it over in order to save Sulu. Yeah, yeah, that's Which right. you'd think would be a perfectly brave and noble thing to do and like something that even the captain would do and then she gets punished for it. And the and the other Horri- woman, but it's horrible. It's too. horrible. It's yeah. horrible because she's trapped in that room with nowhere to go. And oh god, just yeah. So the Uhura thing, I almost didn't even notice because Sulu was well, also taken. That happens before the other stuff. No, but Sulu, she is trapped with. Oh, that's right. Idris yeah. Elba immediately with Kral immediately, and I was like, why is she the only one who's trapped with Kral? As soon as it happened, I was like, why? Why is that happening? Um, and then it just kind of continued from there. She was always the one with him when things were happening. And that just frustrated me. And then the other two, the deaths happened. They were awful. I mean, that second one was just, oh my God. And really frustrating because I was, I could see that she was getting punished for turning over the thing. And I'm like, but that's not fair. She's saving Sulu. She's doing the right yeah. thing. She's saving a name character. And both of them, and then they, they sort of go, oh, well, we introduced one so we can kill two off. And you're like, no, that's not how that works. Yeah, it, that was kind of awful. Um, Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think this that have, was I, I thought, as sexist as the second one that everybody's complaining about, but whatever. Yeah. And and it's sad that What's-Her-Name didn't come back too. What's-Her-Name? The... um. Blonde girl. Oh, from yeah, the Alice one. Eve. Yeah. Just didn't come back. Nope. Gone off to other parts of Star Trek. Um, yeah, no, didn't even think about her, that, which is always the way, isn't it? With well, them. yeah, that's the thing is that female characters never seem to stick. They no, always keep there's male one characters. In the, core, the core team of seven has one woman, and there are other women who circle well, around. Well, I think they're trying to introduce Sophia Butella as a, a potential second one, Jayla. Um, yeah, but oh, you can't possible. just go like. And there were there were other women with speaking parts in the first movie too, who never came back. Whereas other minor characters from the first movie the did come back. The roommate from Felicity has a tiny speaking part in the first one. All I can ever remember is Gala in the first and one. Gala, yeah, um, who is my favorite character in all of Star Trek and has a like two minutes of screen time. Um, yeah, and but they don't even. But yeah, um, Carol, what's her name? Oh, what is her name? Carol. Yeah, it something. is Carol because she's the mother of um, yeah his, Kirk's, Kirk's kid son. in the yeah. other timeline. Yeah, so she she and she's a doctor and they mentioned carol what's her name chapel nurse chapel yeah somewhere who's got an upgrade to being a doctor as well none of them are anywhere to be seen we do see bits of the crew and i did notice um that we do have this time around given that we have an asian director and an asian screenwriter we had like lots more asian men and asian money yeah um there was an asian um production company right uh chinese or something it was like alibaba there was a Probably so, but there were also. I think it was probably a matter of the fact, a matter of it being an Asian director or an, like a, an Asian American director. So we got we just it, as background characters, there were Asian men on the ship in the crew, other than Sulu, and obviously Sulu's husband um, is played by the co-writer Doug Young, who's oh, also Asian. I've seen him in something else. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. He 
he's he's Simon Pegg's co-writer on this and he apparently stepped into that role at the last minute when like an actor pulled out like and didn't show up on the day and he was he had to kind of step in and do it well it works it looks great There's I mean a, they're cute they, they look I, cute I was together. disappointed that they don't kiss but it's fine yeah they look cute together and, and um apparently and there's this really cute article um where they t- interviewed Doug Young about that, and he says, "I didn't think I was hot enough to get John Cho," <laughs> which is adorable. I was it just is. like, "That's so cute." They were very cute together, and they had this cute daughter. Yeah, um, which was d- one of those nice, like, unspoken bits when they were on shore leave, which I think everybody knew about because it's been, like, you know, the most announced bit of this movie. But still, it doesn't well, matter. It doesn't matter. It's still awesome. second most announced bit of this movie. I think the first most announced thing in this movie is the fact that Anton Yelchin died. Yeah, um, but that's not like I mean, like plot wise right yeah um yeah and and on out anton yelchin i mean every time he showed up on screen i sort of had this moment but uh it would have been i i wish they'd like i don't know if they had much to recut but i wish they might had had a chance to recut it and maybe include him a little bit more yeah although he did get i yeah i think he got left behind um from pretty much when he had when he didn't get in the away team from the franklin but between yeah between when they um land on the planet and when they take off again he has quite a bit to do yeah but again i just that was not the, the, i found that the least uh inspiring part of the movie personally and yeah. i get what they were doing i just felt to me like padding we have to have this much time before we like we have to fill the the second act with something is what it felt like yeah, to me I'll, it didn't feel and there were some genuinely wonderful like character beats i thought um spock and bones were the best part of that because Spock is actually hurt, there's some kind of degree of threat there, mm. and they also have real, genuine, like interesting interactions. Whereas Kirk and Chekhov are forwarding the plot, but not doing much else. Well, it's a different, um, it's a different relationship too, because um, Chekhov, you know, is is with his captain. He's outranked by quite a bit. Um, but they don't also give him that much to do. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Whereas Spock and Bones have obviously the established relationship as well, so they're like, able to turn that on his head. But because this is Spock exactly is the vulnerable. time to establish the relationship, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. But and then you know, put Chekhov in danger, and then like Kirk is, realizes how important Chekhov is to him, or something like that. Yeah, it just didn't didn't feel like there was well, much think- there. And then the the Scotty and Jayla thing was just really to introduce Jayla and and Simon Pegg going, I'd never get to hang off of anything. I want to hang off of yeah, stuff in and, this and, movie and, and getting some yeah, action it, scenes to do. Got to hang off a la Furious 7 off a mm-hmm. cliff. The first Star Trek movie literally had Kirk hanging off things, I think it's six times. Oh, right. It it really is. It's it's a crazy number of times that he just like ends up hanging off of things. Right. Um. So I think that was more <laughs> what I was thinking of, where he's like, Kirk always gets to do the yeah. action stuff. I want to do some and action he, stuff. And he gets to call Jayla Lassie a lot. Yes. Um. And she calls him Montgomery Scotty, which is quite cute. Yes, they were cute together. Um. But yeah, I I do see that. Although I've always thought that Chekhov has always had the least to do of any of the the main yeah. seven. He's always kind of sidelined a bit compared to all the yeah. others. Yeah, and I feel like they could have given him something to do yeah, in this one. Because his skills, I think it's because his skills overlap with both Scotty and Sulu. So he kind mm. of people we don't. It's not. But super, they gave him more to do in the first one because exactly. he he was the well, Russian he invents kid. the moving moving place to moving place transportation thing. Yeah, the the um, beaming up while they're um, falling. Yeah. He was able to do that. I think it's not so much that he invents something as he is better at compensating for things and doing the maths really quickly. Yeah, in he's order to- uh, yeah, yeah, he's more mathematical and stuff. But 
his skills overlap, yeah, with both Sulu and But even Scotty, in the so second one, I remember in. him replacing Scotty on the ship while Scotty yeah. did more other stuff. So I feel like this actually maybe gave him the least to do um, in that he's just kind of following Kirk around. And I feel like they could, they did miss an opportunity to, like, maybe the woman might have threatened Chekhov and then Kirk realized that Chekhov's really important to him he, and that, that, you know, how important unity is and, and or looking or out Chekhov for Chekhov figures it out and the cat, while the captain's distracted by something else, which right. actually happens a couple of times. Like, he has to get his attention to notice things. Yeah, there are lots of things they could have done, and I felt like that was a missed opportunity. But I was I was also hypercritical at that point because I was getting bored. So I was looking at all the flaws in it. I felt like the f- sets <laughs> looked very styrofoamy, and well, that yeah, bothered me. Th- again, the sets were very – they looked like the TV sets. They looked a little bit like the Galaxy Quest sets. It's clearly been done on less money than yeah. the others. Um, Which is what I meant when I was talking about it not being as pretty, by the way. Like, it, But also, the first movie is, like, to me, it's so gorgeous that I just want to go, like, swimming in its colours. I mean, it's just so pretty. There's, um, and that just frustrated me in this one. The the, the shaky cam during the action scenes, um, that yeah, you don't get talk as about much that. of a sense of, like, that. Uh, even at the beginning of the second one, I remember there's this bit where they're running through this alien planet and it looks oh, so colors. alien. Yeah. It looks so alien and so crazy. This one looked like Earth. Um, yes, it did. Uh, there were some nice shots when he stood. The camera stood still for a second. He yep. didn't do that often enough for my liking. There was there was a great matte painting once. It looked great. I didn't actually. It looked great, but I didn't like that because there was nothing other than the matte painting on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a couple of nice shots. There's one of Idris Elba in his full makeup where the camera sits still for a second, but the camera moves around far too much, particularly in the action scenes. Like that motorbike thing at the end where um, where Kirk does the Loki thing and there's multiple Kirks on motorbikes. That's what I thought when she first did it. Yeah, I, I was, was like, like, hey, look, she's Loki. got Loki powers. Yeah. Um, I, I, so that would have been really cool. And although, of course, once again, we've got like, this is a, now probably a 200-year-old motorbike at this point. Yeah. Um, yep. Actually, no, it must be older than that because they talk about 2160 as being way in the past. So we're probably – a 250-year-old motorbike at this well, point. Well, it's the 2200s. Yeah. So, it? 22, because yeah. so I, I remember it in the first so one, I think. It, that, motorbike, that motorbike is reminiscent of the one from The Great Escape. I would put it between the 1940s and the 1960s of manufacturer. So, it's at, you're actually looking like 280-year-old motorbike at this point, which is ridiculous. Of course, Kirk is into it. There's always someone on a, on a Star Trek ship who's into ancient Earth. Um, carburetors and, and look, I know what they were doing, but that Beastie Boys sequence, man, like that so was it was really awesome. awesome, but also so cheesy. The the timing of them, uh, the Greg Grumberg people getting the music and then blasting it out to when they go, yeah, I was like, oh my god. See, so, I was like, that is amazing. I love this callback. I, I, I love think that I Snap Wexley's brought it in and helped him out. I think I might have forgiven it if it just wasn't like if it, yeah, it, again, if I wasn't getting so critical at that point but ah. it, it, it frustrated me a little bit um but uh yeah the grumberg cameo in this one well it's a which role cracked me really up. he but comes back multiple times that cracked me up because he's a voice in the first one of like of kirk's stepdad mm-hmm. so i'm like kirk's stepdad is now working on this shit on this station and hasn't aged yep that's all I could think when I was watching that bit. And I know that's not fair because he was like clearly playing different roles, but that's yeah. what I was thinking. No, no. I liked him. I thought he was I, I a good actually. I love seeing Grumberg. It was actually a good role for him. It was not unlike Snap Wexley, really, kind of 
coordinating yeah. every, everything and being in the, in command and stuff. Also, there's an alien who looks so much like this other dude from Alias, but I looked it up online and he's not credited as playing that alien. So Danny Pudi was in that movie yeah, as well, and, um, but I, I didn't, didn't know who he was. Either. Uh, and there were a couple of actors who looked a lot like people from Star Trek TV series series. There was um, you know what's his name, Reg. From Voyager. I can't oh yeah, us. no, I know Reg. Yeah, that guy. He's in Voyager and TNG. And um, he's that was, really stressed out guy. Yes, that yeah, guy. Yeah, I know. There's him. An, there was a there was just a you know an extra crew member who looked like him. There was a couple of others who looked like other actors who'd been in the series for a long while. Oh, they obviously weren't because they wouldn't have they would have aged or whatever since then. But there was little little callbacks like that. I think there was a moment when um Bones was about to say it went, went damn it Jim I'm a Dr. Not or something and, and he, he doesn't finish beamed. the sentence and it was so annoying I thought they were going to beam him and he'd say the end of the sentence and when he got yeah, at the other end and I was annoyed because I do understand that Justin Lin is a fan of the TV series I just remembered that now as I I get to this point but and Simon Pegg is too yeah and look the thing is I don't have anything against the TV series I just think if you're going to do this then you can't do a half the half one version half the other which I felt like this was. I think they sacrificed a lot of the things that were really great about the new series, which I know you guys are not going to agree with me about, but I think they sacrificed a lot of the things that I loved about the new series in order to get back to the older stuff. And that's great for longtime Star Trek fans, but for people who like the new series like me, yeah, just not as good. The whole point of this series is to actually bring new people in, yeah, um, which is what it did to me. It, it brought me in to watching Star Trek. And so, yes, there is that. This is one that definitely plays more for the long-term Star Trek fans, which means that for a movie in this day and age made with that kind of money, made with that level of talent and is probably not what you want. It could almost be an episode of the TV show, couldn't it? I felt like it was yeah. very like, messaging. Well, like a, yeah, like a really good – I think um, there's a tweet that Gabby Baker-Whitelaw said earlier today when she, she'd seen it earlier than I had. She's like, it's like somebody spent a lot of money on a – on a big two-part season finale. That's what I felt like. That's that's kind of what I felt like is that just it wasn't like it was a bit too messagey and a bit low energy and just not the kind of thing that I was expecting going into it. Mm. I thought it would be much higher energy. I thought it would be really exciting. And, and it just felt like, especially there's a bit where Uhura says, our strength is in unity. And I'm like, thank you for that just like sledgehammer over the head moment. Hmm. And there's stuff where the, you know, Kirk and, and Kral are parallels, but they don't quite build it up enough, even though I knew, when was it? There was really early on that I knew that he was a human from the Franklin ship, like really early on that I figured that one out. Right. Um, did, when did you figure that one out? I didn't, I, until they told me. Wow, really? I think we've learned by now, figuring out twists is your thing and figuring out twists is, uh, I kind of, maybe I'm just stupid. I just, but I, it's more I don't that I think so. I think it's just I that just I'm always don't, thinking about it. I'd rather it. be taken on the journey. To so be honest, I'd much. rather be taken on the journey too. If I'm overanalyzing things, that yeah. usually means I'm not as interested in the storyline. And I, had, I did have a lot of fun watching this. Yeah, there are a couple of bits, like the two I mentioned earlier, where I was just like, ooh, yeah, no. And that's fine. I just didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, I really did enjoy it, but I think that's an important caveat that it's not really trying to attract new people at this point and that might not be the right way to go about it. I don't even know if it's not even trying to – I think they were genuinely trying to recapture the spirit of the TV show, which is fine. You know, that's great for people who love the TV show. <laughs> I was just bored. Yeah, well, but that's the thing though. Like maybe that is the idea that at this point we've got in the new fans who would be interested in the new style. Now we can try and attract them into the longer-term form. And it's interesting the timing because we're getting a new TV series mm. next year. And I felt like it was not like – 
I mean, I love these characters as they currently in their current yeah. forms. I'm really attached to these guys, and they do things like when and, and I understand the story beat because it's a comic beat. But when Kirk and when Spock and Bones get beamed back to where Kirk and the others are, the Franklin, yeah, Bones is left there, and there's a comic beat. You know, yeah. oh, at least I'm not going to die alone. Oh, typical. And then he gets beamed over. But that means we're robbed of the Kirk and Spock reunion. Now they've spent two movies building up the Kirk and Spock relationship, right? This movie builds up the Kirk and Spock relationship, but only addresses it at the beginning and the end. That's it. Does kind of right at the deal. start. It doesn't in that deal hilariously with it. You, awkward scene in the yeah, elevator, and that's really good. And and then they then at the end there is a scene with the two of them, but they don't that. That relationship. They barely interact. Yeah. There's it, a couple of references to it. What would I do without you, Spock sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and not in the same way as it is in the other two, which is it was so important in the last one. And the important relationship is not just Bones and Spock, which is done really well here. It's the three of them. Mm-hmm. That, that, the trio, that they're the trio. Yeah, and there's Jim and Bones and Bones and Spock, but they don't do the Jim and Spock thing. And and mm. it, it is part of the plot. Yeah. <laughs> if they hadn't even made it part of the plot, I would be like, oh, okay, we're doing other things and it, this time. it wasn't built up enough where at and it possibly if you'd cut a bit more out of the um, Simon Pegg scenes, I know he probably wrote them for himself. <laughs> um, if you cut some more out of his time and some more out of the the Chekhov and um, Captain bit, you probably would have been able to do that. But but also that particular scene seemed to me to be like I I love the comic beat, but the emotional beat is more important here. Mm. Or like he gets back and he's just after Spock. Spock stumbles off the thing and Jim catches him or something where they have where we get to see that Jim and Spock reunion because that's really important. Yeah. That's like the big relationship. Because we these- get the lovely reunion between Scotty and the little guy, whatever his name Kinsa. is. That is a good reunion. Because that character is great. <laughs> it hits a comic beat and an emotional beat. Exactly, exactly. Um, but also that um Simon so Pegg wrote all the best bits for himself, didn't he? He I think he did. There's also a hug between Scotty and Chekhov when they reunite. And I'm like, oh, they have a relationship. Let's look at that. Let's stop doing this because if- Well, especially because in the last one, um Chekhov stood in for Scotty. Yeah, which and is why it would have been interesting to actually have those two together on the planet. Yeah, or anyway. like have Jim and Chekhov do something. Yeah. Anyway, I I just found this movie was like all the ideas are there. Mm. You've got a good villain who makes sense, who is a mirror image of Kirk. Fantastic. Good job. You've got like a little bit more diversity. You've got new alien characters, really cool. You've got an alien planet. Do a bit more with it. You've got all the like these interesting story ideas and and mm. r- relationship ideas. You, I have this idea to split up the the um, main characters into different groups. All of those are great ideas, genuinely great ideas. But they didn't do enough with them. And I don't know whether they were felt hamstrung by the runtime, but there were parts that felt too slow. So maybe that's not it. They just didn't quite for me do enough with all those ideas and that is the spirit of star trek really good ideas right like Mm. that's the spirit of star trek is that it's all about the ideas and it's very cranial and it's all about messages and it's all about that sort of thing yeah he would really love this and the thing is i think you need to balance that with the great storytelling that jj abrams can do right like and the, the guys who did this one as much as i love and respect simon Pegg, did not and and he's a better writer than Orky and what, what yep, Roberto Orky definitely. and, and, and uh, Justin Lin who's the other a, one? Oh, Kurtzman. Kurtzman. Alex Kurtzman. He's a better writer, so why isn't he writing? I think and, it's the director. But and Justin Lin is is a good director. Like he's the he revived the Fast and Furious franchise. Yes, but I don't know if he's a good 
Star Trek director. Right. No, he's a good action director, but in it, but even then, contexts, the action scenes in this are not that. No, great. I was not pleased with the, all the shaky cam. I still think the best scenes were on the space station. There's a really cool idea to have the um the ships go underneath the canal. So yep. you can see them. I loved that. Yeah, yeah. I that loved was that. Cool. But that was one of the few visual touches that I really felt inspired by. When the Enterprise first comes into Yorktown, I thought that was a good sequence. It yeah, goes yeah. on a bit too long, but I liked that yeah, sequence. That, it was it, cool. Again, the one that I talked about, how it calls back to the first movie, um, the motion picture, Star Trek, the motion picture, where, where you get like this eight-minute scene of the Enterprise in dock. Not quite that bad. But no, <laughs> not quite it's not that, that bad, but it is, it, it's both too short and too long. Mm. I think it doesn't quite give you the full scope of the ship and the the space station as much. Um, there's a little bit of that, but it doesn't yeah. – you don't get the full scale of space. There's this moment in the first one, she says again, um, when – you know when Kirk and Bones are leaving Earth and they're in that little shuttle and Kirk's been injected and he's like, I may throw up on you. Yeah, 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 back. yeah. And then Bones goes, Jim, look, and they, they look out the window and there's that hero moment mm-hmm. of the Enterprise and it's not a long shot. But it is still, you see the whole thing. It is like a dooring of the ship. Mm-hmm. And then we're on the ship and we're going again. Yeah. And I, that's, that is what this movie yeah, is. Yeah. And that's what that scene was missing. It was missing the sort of hero shot of the ship. There's a really nice ship. Of, uh, there's a really nice shot of the, um, the little tube coming out to the ship to collect everybody to go off on mm. shore leave. But they do, what they don't do is the hero shot of the ship, which is the whole point of that callback to the motion picture. There's another callback to the first movie here where, um, they, when they do the drop off the, which I liked that scene as well, the drop off the cliff. Yes. Yes. Um, that was good because everybody kind of has faith in each oh, other and everybody is working so, together. Yes. The, showing, not telling <laughs> that they're yeah. all working together. That was, um, yeah. they, and, and it's and it's exciting and everybody's forward in their crappy seats that are old and, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, I hope this ship doesn't yep. shake and apart as it does this and it comes up through the trees and then everybody grins at each other and it's just like that end shot of the first movie where everybody has their, like, little happy-gasm at the end of the... Yeah. That was that great. That was, was probably one of my favourite sequences. Right. That, that yeah. bit. That was so well done. And the, the seatbelts that are a callback to, um, again, the TV series and the old, the old ship as well, the mm. old Franklin, which is also referenced in the... There's the an TV episode series. of TNG that this reminded me of, actually, where they find an old ship that's like stuck in a asteroid or something. It got phased. Yeah, that this reminded me of. Um, Sophia Butella was really good in a role that I thought was underwritten. Jayla. Jayla. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was a little underwritten, but I think she was good, and I liked her. And she was also she was um, Blade Legs in uh, Kingsman. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's her. I would never have picked that. Also because she's all painted white and her hair is all white. I did not expect that she would actually not be white under there. There's also a bit where she gets revenge. Like she has a a hero fight with the guy who killed her parents. Yeah, yeah. But you don't know that because we never hear his name. You only know that if you understand, oh, this is the plot of this movie. Right. Like they're clearly doing this, that you actually get that because we don't hear his name. But But there's a bit where she kicks him and I'm like, gee, it'd be great if she still had blade legs, wouldn't it? Oh, right, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I didn't know that. I hate that movie, but um, yeah, I thought she I'll, was good. She worked quite well. I'm also mad well. at the trope of people of colour being under so much makeup that you can't actually see that. Right. But the thing is, in this movie, almost all the new characters are aliens, which I appreciate yeah. for them doing a Star Trek-y thing, 
like literally almost all the new characters are aliens or humans who we yeah. don't find out are humans till the end of the movie. So we actually get to see Idris Elba's natural skin color at the end of the movie. Yeah. But like, the, yeah, all the new uh, characters, um, Sophia Batella's character is an alien. The the girl who betrays them is an alien. The girl with the thing in her head is an alien. Mm. So it's like, I, I know what they were trying to do, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it feels like they were trying really hard to put more diversity in. And ended up kind of taking a step backwards a little bit. And they were, and they did succeed on some levels. Although, I mean, they're sort of hamstrung by the fact that our main seven are like five of them are white men. Yeah, but they could have made more of Uhura in this one. I feel she, like she even never... in the last one, she gets some more heroic movement moments because I remember her um, being the one to talk to the the, the cool Klingons. new Klingons that yeah. I liked. <laughs> Like, everybody hated that movie, and I keep remembering all these bits that I liked from it. Um, oh, I, can but, I tell you something I really did like? She got to finish off the um, Space the Final Frontier reading. I really liked the way at the end they did the Space the Final Frontier, and all seven of them got mm-hmm. to have a, a And line. she, I knew when they start, as soon as they switched to Spock, I was like, oh, they're going to do her, have her do the no one has gone before yeah, because, because it used, it used to be used no be Matt. No Matt. <laughs> yeah. And she got to say where no one has gone before. And that was really awesome. But I was like crying at this point because I knew that um, Chekhov was coming. Yeah. And it was right at the end. And I think they I didn't cry, but the very end when I knew it was ending and then we had this little bit of Chekhov saying, did you know that Scotch well, was think, invented by a Russian woman? And yeah. I was like, oh, God, oh, God, well, oh, no, oh, no. There was, we haven't talked about this yet. There's this lovely through line tribute to Leonard Nimoy yeah. in the film where Ambassador Spock dies and – it's actually an important plot point and we see Spock dealing with it and working through it and everybody, you know, honouring him. And that is why that, that one Spock and Bone scene was the only scene that I genuinely really thought was great in that whole sequence mm. when they talk about the Ambassador Spock's death and we know that Leonard Nimoy really died and they yeah. have this little moment that kind of echoes the truth of Star Trek, but it doesn't feel as sledgehammery as the Uhura moment. Because it's more genuine from these two characters who we know really hold those kinds of views and they're kind of debating about and, those views and, and that's much more interesting. And Zach Quinto and Leonard Nimoy had developed a really good relationship yeah, exactly. and you could see those, he was choking up and it was real. Um, but there's a scene right at the end where he gets um, Ambassador Spock's effects and there's a photo from, I believe, the motion picture of the original oh, yeah. Enterprise crew. And I was like getting choked up at this point and I was completely choked up by the time we got to the end of space the final frontier do you want to know what i thought when i saw that photo i was like but none of them look like that all you're doing is highlighting the fact that different actors played them and just kind of well no but he's in a different timeline so of course they were played by different actors he was in a different timeline (laughs) they were still born the same people but I don't know. I saw that was beautiful and sweet, and we got to see I, the original. I know. Cast. I got. I got what they were doing emotionally. I did. I understood Again, this it. This one for the fans. This one for the Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. Fans. But yeah. all I thought was, but they don't look like that. <laughs> but again, I I just didn't. I I was in my head space instead of my heart space. Yes, <sighs> I was definitely in my heart space. I didn't. I just didn't realize how choked up I was going to get over Anton Yelchin. I didn't. I was. I was. I but just, I was so upset about Anton Yelchin that every time he came on screen, I think that's maybe why I didn't get like one moment of being overwhelmed by it. Because every time I saw him, I was like, "Oh, he died." <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it was a good cathartic moment, but it was. I yeah, I hadn't realized how how much that had affected me until I got to the end of this movie. I don't know. I think I, I, I really did know how much Anton Yelchin's death had affected me because when I talked to you, I think the week that it happened, I was like, I literally couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm. Like every kind of at least half an hour, I was like, oh, Anton Yelchin died. I mean, it was just such a, a shock and a, a mm. bizarre. And it was so, cause, uh, and, the, and he was such a 
good kid. I know this is a terrible thing to say, but he was never into drugs. There was no scandal about him. It, it was it was just this freak accident happened to someone who nobody ever had a bad word to say about. I think part of that is also we kind of you don't expect it, but you kind of when it happens to people who do yeah. have a lot of scandals around them, you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's a tr- it's a tragedy, but it's not like it was unforeseen. Exactly, it's the unexpectedness I think of it as well. And I, I, as you know, I, I would seek out Anton Yelchin films. I really liked him, but I know he was one of your boys. I know you have a lot of boys that you <laughs> are into, and I just, yeah, I, th- I think that's part of also why I was like. I think Uhura and and Chekhov, of all the people, are the p- two people who get the most shafted by this movie. Yeah. Even Sulu gets kind of more. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't because he's not in one of the main teams, but at the same time he gets that. Um, he He's the guy who has the con when Kirk is running off to do other things. Mm. He, um, he gets the whole crew off safely. I think the thing is that he's just more heroic and, and when less he's passive. One, yeah, and he's the one who does the, the big drop off the cliff thing as well. Yeah. Like he sort of engineers that. Yeah, I think it is that he's he's just more heroic and but it's Sulu and Chekhov working together for that bit, I think. But but he is like every moment of his is some kind of heroic moment, yeah. some kind of leader. I, I also moment. like the idea Chekhov, be, uh, sorry Sulu, being the next generation of Starfleet leader. Like you can see that he's clearly an up and comer in his crew. <laughs> That's hilarious to me because he's older than <laughs> he, I know he is. He's like ten years older than Chris Pine. But oh god, some of the photos of Chris Pine at the big LA premiere, he looks like a sea captain. I will. Ha- I will find one and he seek it out. He has been looking particularly homeless on this um, yeah, tour, but he's been looking particularly homeless. But he has been so eloquent and just like so on point for this whole press tour that I just found myself. I've been reblogging a lot of stuff that he's been saying because he's, for one thing, he's really ha- has a lot of tributes to Anton. But there's also a lot of stuff about about how in the world at the moment this is the kind of movie that we need where everybody from different cultures is working together. Yeah. It's really really nice to see him. Like he's really on point at yeah. the moment, and he's always always been a smart guy, as you know. He's my favorite Chris, and this movie, like, there's a mo- the, his first shot is just on his eyes, like his crazy blue eyes, and I was like, oh, he's so pretty. And then he gets beaten up, <sighs> made me so happy. <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, he he, I just think Chris Pine is really. I think he's. I know it's another white guy, and that's boring, and that's yeah. and Zoe Saldana has also been wonderful in this press tour, by the way. But I I still think. He's a great person to be the, like, in, we, we've talked about this before, but you know how there's this sense of, like, the captain of the ship of a, of a movie yeah, cast? The, the, we talked about yeah, it for Divergent, I think. The culture Shailene coming Woodley. from the top. Yep. I think that he's a really good person to be the captain of this ship. Yep. And and you say, you know, older, younger. The thing, the thing is, like, in the military or in hierarchical organizations, like people don't get promoted because of age and seniority. They get promoted because they are good at doing the job. And so it looks to me like Sulu is has reached a point in his career where it's clear that he's almost ready to take on his own command. And it, you can sort of see like the other rest of the organization can see that too. Yeah, everybody follows Sulu. Yeah. Sulu is definitely and, a... But he also leads in the sense of he gets everybody out safely mm-hmm. before he goes. But Chekhov does the same thing. He puts He that does. He puts girl. her in the... yeah. That was, I thought, a very sweet moment for Chekhov, and I could have mm. done with more of that. I think Chekhov just... Well, this yeah. is, again, Chekhov being shafted because he has the same qualities. Yeah, it's sad. I think, I mean, I, I, in hindsight also is is different, but, yeah, it would have been nice to see, get to see Chekhov do a bit more. But, yeah, I, I, I was so I was just disappointed that it wasn't as pretty. I just think yeah. the other ones are so pretty. And I know people complain about the lens flares, but I love the lens flares, so whatever. That's true. <laughs> I like the lens flares as well. Should we wrap up? Yes, we should wrap up. What are you giving it? Um... I don't know. 
I'm torn between giving it three and three and a half stars. I'm torn between three and a half and four. I think I – see, three and a half is what I gave Guardians of the Galaxy, which I didn't like as much as I liked this. And four is what I gave Ghostbusters last week, which I liked more than this, but still, like, I really enjoyed this. So I think I'll probably go with three and a half. I think it's probably what it deserves. So I think I'll go with three and a half. That's interesting you mentioned Ghostbusters because I felt like I enjoyed Ghostbusters more than this, but this is a better made movie than Ghostbusters. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And what did I give Ghostbusters? Three. Three and a half? Three and a half. I I gave it three and a half? Yeah. I'm going to go with three and a half stars. I thought it was... I love that we came out in the same, same place. I know, even though we felt different. Yeah. Well, no, I think it deserves it. I just... I, but, you know, I gave the other one five. So. Yeah. Um, but I just don't feel... I, I, I feel so... I felt so much. Like, just emotionally, I felt so much from the first two. It always got my blood pumping and, and just... I care about these characters. And I know a lot of people really hate Kirk in the first movie for his being a, kind of a dick. <laughs> Which he is, and he's quite sexist, and he's got a lot of problems. But a lot of that is like manifestations of him being somebody who lost his father, and and you know he he really had a hard time in that movie, and it's part of him finding a family and finding a home, and a lot of that is lashing out and stuff. And I feel so much more for him mm. than I do in this one, where I feel like I should feel for him, but they just don't give me enough moments to really kind of connect with the journey he's going through in this movie. Mm-hmm. It, it just always kind of hits me in the gut. And when Spock loses his mother, it's terrible. It's a fringing. And every time I see his face, I still just go, oh, my God, that's so upsetting. Mm. Um, so it just kind of it was missing those, like, big power moments, I think. Yeah. Okay. I could spend another whole podcast talking about the first one. <laughs> We've never actually done it. We probably should. Yeah. This series means a lot to me. Mm. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to read our show notes or find old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of Star Trek Beyond, it's on her and any other movies that she's watched, it's on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we are facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, at screen underscore queens on Twitter, and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. See you next time.